We're going to hang out with Andreas Slosser, and that can only mean one thing. Hi, I'm Ian Thane. Welcome to another SAP Kotal. As I say, I have Andreas with me. Andreas, thank you for joining me. Good morning, Ian. Great to be here again. And as I said, when we hang out with Andreas, that only means one thing. It means there's an update coming. So, guys, you would have seen that we've gone to um, the SDK for iOS uh, 3.0 SP01. So I had to think about it then, Andreas. So uh, tell me, um, when, whenever uh, we think of a a new update with the SDK for iOS. I think about um, anything we need to be aware of with Xcode and Swift. Can you tell, let us know what's happening with that? Yeah, so this time, actually, this is good news. Um, as you're saying, we had this in the past, that new Xcode versions coming out, binary incompatibility being a bit troublesome and all this stuff. Uh, this time, we have Xcode 10.1 out for quite a while. Uh, it's still there. Uh, and, and we are also using this for our latest SP01 release that, that just came out. Uh, it's still based on Swift 4.2, and, and things will just continue nice. Uh, even though I, I think most of you are aware already that um, there has now been a new Xcode 10.2 beta pub been published a couple of days ago that includes the new Swift 5 that will come out very soon. Um, so whenever this will eventually go, go productive, of course, we will be prepared. We'll release a new patch for Xcode 10.2 and Swift 5, which is binary and compatible to, to Swift 4.2. Uh, but for now, we can just keep going. Uh, the good news is, though, that it has been announced that Swift 5 will include binary compatibility, hopefully also module compatibility. And then going forward for the next 20 years or so, we'll, we'll be fine. All right. Also, if you now want to install the new SDK, we've made things a bit easier in terms of adding frameworks um, to your projects. So you may want to check this out. That uh, now, if you have an assistant project that you're sharing via Xco uh, via GitHub uh, repositories, where you probably don't upload the frameworks themselves because of size, uh, the assistant now has a new feature that you can actually do a right click and open with assistant in the Finder. And then if the project has been generated with the assistant, the assistant will automatically add back the latest frameworks in. So that will be a very nice convenient feature, I think, if you if you know start installing and using the new assistant to, to get going and get upgraded. So check this one out. Cool. So um, you are always very, very good at creating blogs. Uh, so guys, there, there is a blog that goes a little bit deeper into what Andreas is going to talk about next. And uh, I, I'm quite inter interested to hear about uh, machine learning. So let's hit that first subject. Yeah, Ian. Uh, now, what you will notice if you extract the new frameworks uh, from this upcoming, of, from this release that's just out, uh, you'll see that there's one new framework called SAP ML, as in machine learning. Um, this is our first small step towards supporting more machine learning capabilities in the SDK. Uh, this time, we are focused on supporting OCR uh, text recognition capabilities in, in, the, um, in the frameworks. Uh, this comes with UI components that implement the VRFIOS design to show you with a nice view with the, the bounding box where you should place the text to be recognized. You'll get the text overlay of recognized text in there. And then once control comes back in your app, you can then do with the recognized text whatever's appropriate in the context where you're using it. Uh, the SAP ML framework includes or well, has additional dependencies on other frameworks. So if you do the export frameworks from the assistant, 
you'll see that there is another SEPML dependencies folder. Uh, so if you decide to include SAPML and, and check this out, you'll also want to add all these other frameworks in. There's, of course, uh, installation instructions and all of that in our docs. Um, it's important to note that the Assistant Generated app itself does not include the SAPML framework uh, because we are not using or exposing SAPML functionality yet in the generated app. So we want to avoid that the app's blowing up uh, for no reason. But of course, you can just add it manually and, and try things out. Um, as I'm saying, this is the first step towards machine learning um, with limited functionality right now. So we're very curious to see what's happening there uh, to learn about requirements and then collect feedback on, on this uh, new feature and specifically. Excellent. So whenever also there's a new SDK for iOS, we have some new Fiori for iOS controls. So what about the UI side? Yeah, right. So yeah, we don't have only UI controls for machine learning. We also added stuff in the core Fiori for iOS design implementation. Um, we invested another round uh, of features in the maps uh, environment. So now we can also uh, render routes on maps with uh, different po uh, points of interest along the route. Uh, and we can you know cluster them together. You can drill in. You can drill into the details of your waypoints. On a, on a route on the maps. And the, with these enhancements, it's relatively straightforward to, to show and render routes on, on maps. Uh, last time, we've also introduced the, the geospatial object creation and editing capabilities. We've invested a bit more there so that the, the overall UX, when you drag and drop and scroll and edit, uh, is a bit, bit nicer and better. And we've also added the new location form cell to the SDK so that you can now also include the small snippets of geospatial objects in, in your broader forms where you create objects or, or attachments or whatever you're working on. So this is now very nice, convenient. It closes a small gap uh, that we had there. Um, our, uh, favorite charts. We added a couple more chart types also in this release. Um, now we can also render area charts as well as bubble and scatter charts. If, if that's what you need for your type of visualization, it's uh, very similar uh, in terms of APIs as the other chart types. So it should be very easy to adopt if you're using charts already. If you're not having charts in your app, including charts in your app. Um, and a minor enhancement that we did on the text edit and input cells is that we now also allow to auto-format input. So if you have known structures like phone numbers, we can add the right parentheses and dashes. Um, as a developer, you can do this now. Um, we can also branch off and launch icons for text editing to provide alternative input mechanisms. So you can imagine that there's now a little barcode scanning icon or camera icon. And when you tap on this, we will bring up a barcode scanner, or if you tap on the camera, you could envision that we bring up the OCR uh, view and, and recognize text and use that recognized text to bring it back into the text input field. Um, and on top of all of that, we've also added a couple additional languages. You can check out my, my blog and, and the documentation for the long list of, of languages that we support now. But that's just to, to round this off and keep adding languages as we see demand. Excellent. You know, do love languages, do that sort of supporting lots of different things there. So the, the, the thing also, the starting point for anybody when they're checking out the SDK or, or starting a new project is the Assistant app. So what's happening with that? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I already mentioned in the beginning that we now made it a bit easier to add frameworks to two projects with the Assistant using the right-click open with option in, in Finder. 
Um, we've also added quite a few things in the assistant and the functionality itself outside of this more infrastructure topic. Um, so there's there's one thing that we've heard many times. Eventually, we got to implement it. Um, sometimes you do connect to backends that are not OData. And the assistant currently assumed that all the backends are OData. We always generate proxy classes so that can then always generate UI on top of these proxy classes. Um, now we've loosened this up a bit, so we can now for US validation define that you do not want to have proxy classes generated for non-OData destinations. Um, so if you consume other REST APIs from Business Hub or other sources, that they'll now work fine in the assistant as well. And you can also not only decide not to have the proxy classes generated, but also not to have UI generated, but only the onboarding code itself. Because uh, I've heard a couple of folks, including you, I think, Ian, saying that uh, you know, you generate the app and you delete all the UI and you go on with the onboarding. Now we kind of, you know, take this away. So you don't need to generate UI that you delete. You can simply select that. I want to have onboarding on proxy classes, maybe not. And then you start essentially from a single view plain Xcode project that has onboarding and connectivity established, but no UI code that you maybe don't need. Uh, on top of that, we've also restructured the whole generated app as such. Um, the goal has been to make it even easier and better to understand, uh, to have it more self-explanatory what we have in there. We've also interspersed all the code with links into our API docs so that if you see a feature being used in the generated app, you can directly jump from the generated app to the API docs and more explanation on this feature. And one major improvement that we made, again, talking about onboarding is that we have uh, uh, overhauled the onboarding implementation in the SDK so that we can now also use and incorporate onboarding in apps with much less code. Um, it has been a bit of an annoyance to many people that there is this massive many page long onboarding code that we have in a generated app, which is not very easy and straightforward to understand if you're not in the details of it. Now we've added to the SDK more support for onboarding and we are showcasing how that makes things easier in the generated app itself. Excellent. Um, fantastic. I mean, I, I do love the way that you've got all these options now to fit everybody's needs. So just in closing now, uh, Andreas, you know, we've gone through the machine learning, the UI controls, the assistant. What about actually the, the core stuff, the foundation? What about things like OData? Any changes there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, as the foundation, as it says, is the foundation of everything we've been working on it and iterating over it for for now almost uh, three years actually so you can you can say probably things stabilize a bit which is good but of course we do continue to invest in there as well uh, the biggest thing i would say is if you consider flows as part of foundation um, that we have this new onboarding stuff uh, implemented now that i already mentioned in, uh, which is now part of the assistant and the generated app so this, I think, definitely you, you should check out. There's this new onboarding manager and onboarding session classes that reduce the amount of the code that you need to write significantly. Um, we've also, in, in around onboarding, implemented additional functionalities, new steps, so that also the usage consent handling is much easier if you now want to make sure that if users uh, accept or reject consent of usage data collection in the flows that it is respected by the underlying foundation implementation and the usage broker um, automatically. So developers don't need to do much at all anymore to implement data privacy compliant applications there. Um, and uh, yeah, you mentioned OData. So on the OData side also, we've, we've done the little things on the offline OData side, we made it easier and we added a couple more 
uh, APIs and capabilities to do the troubleshooting with the local ILO data tool. And also uh, when it comes to conflict and error handling on the device, when synchronizations uh, get out of sync or backend and frontend get out of sync, uh, there's more APIs and options now how you can resolve conflicts and handle errors in offline data as well. Uh, so if you are building offline or data apps, I think you will, val you, you will value what we're adding there, and you should definitely check this out as well. Cool. So guys, there you have it. That's the SAP Cloud Platform SDK for iOS 3.0, SPO1. And as I mentioned at the top of the, the co-talk, Andreas has a great blog online, so check that out. Andreas, thank you for uh, uh, taking the time. Oh, by the way, also, you'll also see on developers.sap.com, Andreas has created a new really nice long video for our uh, on our landing page for the SDK for iOS. So Andreas, thank you for that and thank you for joining me today. Very welcome, Ian. Talk to you again in May latest.